Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hi, everyone. I'm Darren Javag, uh, host of Clean Break, the divorce podcast and chair of DivorceNet. And I'm here today with Tina Marie. <laughs> the Vice Chair of DivorceNet and co-host of the show. So good morning again, Tina. How are you today? Good morning, Darren. I'm great. I know. We're always, <laughs> we're always great, right? Yeah, we're yeah, always that's get along. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. we have a really, really cool guest today. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to bring so much value to uh, to everyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you introduce Yeah, him. okay. So, uh, Rick Evans, he is from McKay Duff accounting evaluations and consulting evaluation and consulting okay so why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about you Uh, my name is Rick Evans I'm a uh, CPA background and about 15 years ago I transitioned into uh, business valuation uh, and forensic uh, accounting Uh, started off doing that in in California and moved back to uh, Ottawa about six years ago, started McKay Duff Valuations and Consulting and uh, do valuation work uh, primarily for matrimonial purposes, income tax purposes, um, buy sell, uh, industries that I specialize in and have a strong background is uh, construction. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Like construction firms. Contractors, mm. that oh. sort of thing. Right. Okay. Uh, oh. A little bit in the developer, uh, high tech. When I was in the Bay Area, valuing in the Bay Area. It's a very, very specialized field, it right? Is. Like obviously not. It, it, there, it's accounting, but it's accounting at a whole new level. Yeah, most. I would say a significant amount of the valuators, both in the United States and Canada, are. Their background is public accounting. Mm. Okay. okay. And so that's it, the base, and, yeah, then, that, and then you're like kind of like in the niche market or the specialty market. Yeah, you yeah. know, some people would go into taxation and specialize in taxation. I've chosen to go into the consulting end. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay, so tell us. Uh, uh, there are different types of valuation reports, and you've kind of led to that a little bit in in your introduction. Tell us what they are. Okay, so in Canada, there's three valuation uh, reports. Uh, they're they're um, uh, separated by the level of assurance that they provide. So the lowest level is the calculation valuation report, and to put that in context for people, it's like the notice to reader mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you get when you say do your corporate tax return. It's based on a notice to reader mm-hmm. or NTR, as some people call them. Uh, then the next level up is a estimate valuation report. Mm-hmm. That would be like a review engagement. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in the middle. Okay. And then the highest level of, of assurance is a comprehensive valuation report, which is like the audit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now very few people get a comprehensive report done here in Canada. Uh, the primary reason for that, it's prohibitively expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. They run, you know, probably minimum fifteen thousand, and, and you know, mm-hmm. quickly run up over twenty. Uh, the 
calculation, the lowest level, the calculation evaluation report, um, and, and the difference between the three is the level of work done, the analysis, the corroboration. Mm -hmm. The calculation report, I would go to the owner and I would rely, um, as long as it's not just false or misleading, I would rely on the representations of management. The estimate report, I would do more analysis, uh, probably go and, and look more into databases and, and about the economy and the industry mm -hmm. and how it's doing. And then the, the highest level, you know, you'd want a uh, set of audited financial statements to start with. So you, the underlying information mm -hmm. is as is, is reliable as, as can be. Um, so anyways, those are, those, are, those are the three. And what would each of these be used for? Let's just say, because we are on a divorce podcast, so yep. let's just, let's talk specifically about um, what each of those three would be used for in a in a divorce situation? So, in Ottawa, I have found since I've been back here and I do it myself, uh, a calculation report. Which is the lowest level. The lowest level. Yeah. Is often used. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, and that is just to, to, to <clears throat> this is on businesses, it's for businesses. Yes. When we're trying to evaluate what a business is worth during a divorce. Correct. Right. Right. For the courts. For the, for the courts. Okay. Right. Yeah, so I was going to say, so, so technically you act as an expert witness. Correct. Right. And is, are you hired, oh, sorry, I know I asked you a question, but now we're asking other ones. Are you hired by one of the individuals? Uh, either one of the individuals or their counsel, their lawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time you get engaged by the husband or wife. And then sometimes you have a joint retainer. But you're still, you're always, like if you're, if you're retained by the wife, mm -hmm. um, is, is there ever instances where the husband retains somebody else because yes. they think that you might be impartial? Like, yes. Because you can interpret numbers differently. You, theoretically, there shouldn't be more than 10 or 15 percent okay. um, difference. difference between the two valuations. Mm -hmm. um, typically, the, the difference is going to be on the underlying assumptions. I mean, we're going to use the same techniques, the same standards, the same professional standards, mm -hmm. generally accepted evaluation <clears throat> uh, techniques, but sometimes the underlying assumptions mm -hmm. vary. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's because of the information you're getting from one spouse or the other, right. or, or lack thereof. Right. So I guess you have a relationship or, or know of the other evaluators. And oh, yeah. Lot. Right. So it's just probably not a huge Yeah, there, there's not a huge number of, of people that do valuation or income determination reports right. for divorce in Ottawa. Right, right. So probably a handful. I so think. if another one comes in, you probably have a, a pretty frank conversation if there's like a big variance yeah, on, on the value. You know, if you think you can, if, if, if you've identified where, say for instance, there's two issues, and mm -hmm. so there's no use arguing about all this other noise, Right. Then, and, and counsel, the lawyers are, are, are amiable. Uh, right regarding that and the, the other uh, uh, value writer mm -hmm. then yeah you can sit down and and, uh, and they encourage that mm -hmm. uh, to sit down and say okay we disagree on these two things is there anything that we can do to to narrow that mm -hmm. 
Right. I, I think what I like most about what you do, Rick, is you take a lot of the what-ifs out of the room. Yeah. You take a lot of the oxygen out of the room that, that, that people use to inflame and create more conflict, mm-hmm. right? Because many times when I deal with clients, and especially when they're a business owner, I say, have you had the business evaluated, right? Because, you know, they're, they're, what they feel the business is worth and what the spouse feels the business is worth is just, and we were talking about this off camera, but we were saying, you know, like the, the numbers can be completely different, right? Like way off the chart, right? And it's kind of like how you feel about something. And I, and I'm a numbers guy, you know, I say this a lot of time, mm-hmm. but there's no feelings in numbers, right? right? So now, now there's, there's, there's stories in the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that translates to how people feel about them. But from an evaluating perspective and from a financial perspective, Numbers are numbers. So I, I, I always say to clients, I, you know, if you feel this, then you should talk to someone like you, Rick, to say, find out what the, what the real numbers are, not just what you think they are, mm-hmm. right? So, Yeah, I think, I think that's not just in family law, but I think it's also uh, in general. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation gap. People feel that, it, depending on the purpose, but a lot of times people feel their business is worth more mm-hmm. than it is mm-hmm. because they heard of Joe down the street or down at the, you know, uh, the other side of the city, he has a restaurant that sold at three times cash flow. Right, right. Five times cash flow. Right. And they say, oh, that's great. My retirement, you know, that means I'm, I'm worth a million dollars. Right. Don't need a valuation, don't, I'm, I'm fine. Right. But what you get in the valuation is the narrative mm-hmm. that creates the value. Right, right. To, to, to your point. Um, so, you know, Joe that has three to five times EBITDA is located uh, beside the um, Canadian Tire Center, has parking for a hundred, has a brand new point of sale system, mm-hmm. and five years left on his lease with a ten-year renewal. I'm just yeah yeah yeah, yeah no for sure yeah yeah. Uh, Whereas the other guy, the other guy, he's got um, um, you know he, he's uh, in a strip mall. Uh, that may or not may not be sold. He's got a year left on his lease. He hasn't kept up with his equipment. He may have the same cash flow, mm-hmm. but the underlying story is mm. and risk right. uh, is different than Joe, mm. and therefore you know his multiple of, of of cash flow is really probably significantly less than that three or five times. Right. right. And you don't find that out unless you have a valuation, and it can be pretty scary, right? When you believe, because you've used this rule of thumb, that your business is not worth a million dollars; it's worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And now what? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a rule of thumb whenever I'm talking to business owners. I always, and I got this actually from uh, one of the managing partners here: is cash flow does not equal profits. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And a lot of business owners get into that cycle because they see their business is making money. Yes. But there's so many other variables there mm-hmm. that that doesn't necessarily mean your net profit, right? So you mentioned a term there, and I think it's important to identify it for, for some of the listeners, uh, EBITDA. Can you talk a little bit, just a little, because not a lot of people understand the terminology. So right. What so, is that? So EBITDA is um, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Right. Okay. Um, and why is it important? Well, it, it, it's it's it, it's generally accepted as being one of the basis for future earning benefits. 
right? So that's what you're capitalizing when, when you're uh, doing evaluation is the future economic benefits. Right. And there's there's a number of ways of defining that. Mm -hmm. One could be EBITDA. Right. One could be after tax, discretionary tax, cash flows. Right. Um, and, and so it, it depends on the assumptions that, that you've made. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, you wouldn't use EBITDA if you were um, valuing the business um, for all stakeholders, for instance. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you wouldn't use it. So right. the value of the business as a whole for all stakeholders, meaning um, debtors mm -hmm. and equity owners. Right. If you were valuing the uh, just the equity, mm -hmm. uh, you may use a um, uh, uh, after interest. Okay. Base, rather mm -hmm. than EBITDA. Okay. So it depends on these underlying assumption to begin with. Right. So what what do most people overvalue in their business? Like most people, when they're thinking about their business, what do they what do they put more value on than you think that the marketplace usually does? Um, Is there something? Well, I, I think I think that it, they part of the problem is they're so emotionally. Tied to the business, mm -hmm. so they feel that I've been doing this for 30 years and I put blood, sweat, and tears into it, so it's got to be worth this. Right. And they're not being realistic and saying, "Well, what's my cash flow? Why would somebody buy this?" Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're not looking at it from a, um, uh, a perspective of a, a perspective buyer. Mm -hmm. they're, and in some businesses, the owner is the business. Mm -hmm. They're that's the key a, person, right? That, that's a really good point. So, so some goodwill is non-transferable. Mm -hmm. That's a great statement. Right? Okay, yeah. so you've got your your personal mm -hmm. or individual, and you've got your commercial. One's transferable, one isn't. Mm -hmm. um, so, if you are the business, because you are the rainmaker, mm -hmm. you are the relationship, if you leave, the name of the business really doesn't uh, matter, people are going to follow you as the individual. Right. Uh, so there's 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 one way you can do that, and it takes time. You transition right. that from yourself to a maybe an employee, mm -hmm. or your son or daughter, or, or whomever, or stay on for a couple years as part of the contract. Mm -hmm to make sure that there is that transition. Right, right. That's a good point. I know, I know lots, quite often when I'm speaking to business owners, I always ask them, you know, and I think part of it has to do with ego too, right? Like people want to be the center of the world that they're working in, right? Mm -hmm. And I find that many times some of the most successful business uh, owners are the ones that can pull themselves out of the business. Yeah. They can replace themselves. Because mm -hmm. if you can duplicate yourself and replace yourself, then you aren't the be-all end-all of your business because now you can go on vacation. You can, if something happens to you, it will survive, right? So that's important. Well, that's one of the questions I ask when I'm doing evaluation. Okay. What would happen to the business if you left for six months? Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's the goal, right, in all businesses, but that's, you know. And if somebody says, well, you know, I wouldn't have a business, mm -hmm. all right, well. That's a problem. Yeah. That, that tells you something right there. Yeah. The, you know, the, tra the, the cash flows have to be transferable, right? Repeatable. Right. Yes. 
uh, we'd like to uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how people would get a hold of you if they want if they have questions for you. Uh, Rick Evans at uh, McKay Duff Valuation and Consulting. R Evans E V A N S at McKayDuff.com. 613-236-2360. And you work predominantly out of Ottawa, but you also go to other regions, I right? do. I do. I, I work in uh, Kingston. Oh. I've worked in Cornwall. Okay. Um, I will be working in Kentville <laughs> um, in the next little while. Good. So, yeah. And Excellent. of course, where they can find you on the DivorceNet uh, website yeah. as well. So, thank you for coming in. And uh, please encourage people that if you're going through separation divorce and you're looking to figure out how much your business is worth they need to reach out to you because it's it's really important it's, it's like a separation agreement is it's really important to have one of those and and for people who are in business for themselves that have have that kind of uh of investment in themselves and in their business they should really really contact you yes great yeah okay thank you for joining us today thank you and thank you for joining us and listening to the program uh, stay tuned for more great advice uh, and we'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, expert advice made simple.